and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. Possibly our last episode of our Guardian countdown list today. Um should say, if you have played one of the games that we've talked about or are going to talk about today and you want to come on and do a whole episode just about that game, then let us know because we'd love to ha- we'd love to have you on. Um, but we are going to count down one to f- five to one. But we did leave the last episode with a cliffhanger where Matt vaguely remembered a game and then was going, ah, oh, yeah, and so and he's now found it. So, Matt, what was the uh, cyberpunky miniature game? Resolution by Aberrant Games. Ah, okay. I believe you said... A Euro game. I thought it was. and um, They're Scottish. <laughs> well, they're, they're, is that not part Europe? of Europe? Touché. I don't know. Are we, are we still part of Europe? For now. <laughs> Today, <laughs> now. Yeah. As long as we keep the South Thanet lot out. <laughs> so, yes, res- actually, res- that had some lovely figures. Yeah. Some of the cyber dogs and things were really nice in that range. I suppose you could call Infinity kind of cyberpunky, isn't it? It's got some very cyberpunky models. And it does have the hacking mechanic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I suppose you could. But anyway, we're not here to talk about miniature games. No. What are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about 5 to 1. And at 5 on the Guardian list is Twilight Struggle. Dun, dun, dun. Um, is that about fighting people in the dark? Or vampires? Vampires, could be. I've got no idea. Has anyone played Twilight Struggle? I have played Twilight Struggle, yes. (sighs) You're brilliant. (laughs) Not Twiglet Struggle, as I just typed into... (laughs) Twiglet Struggle? What was the rating for Twiglet Struggle? I've played that. didn't have one. I've played that. It's good. I would definitely play Twiglet Struggle. Conrad, we should set up a game. Disgusting. If a twiglet fell on Conrad, it would be crushed underneath it. If a twiglet <laughs> falls in the woods and there's nobody here, here, it doesn't make a sound. Yes, it's a sound of disgusting marmite. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, Twilight Struggle, Matt. What's it about? It is about the struggle between the USSR and the America during the Cold War. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, it's a two-player game. Uh, you obviously take a role of one of the superpowers and you have to vie for control of the world. Um you do it by going... I'm liking the sound of this game already! You do it by going through three phases, early, mid, and late war, um, and it has a, a brilliant mechanic where you're, you start off with a small deck of cards which is communally shared, you deal out a hand of cards to each player, and they use that to be able to either take actions or generate um, marshalling points, which is basically how they, you add influence to the board. So it's kind of an area control space. Um but it creates a random opportunity. So in there, you'll have, for example, the early war. You'll have um, Castro's rise to power. You'll have um, yeah, the uh, invasion of Israel, the uh, India-Pakistani war, the uh, invasion of um, the South Korean war and areas like that. So these will all come out during the, the course of the play and will have some fairly big impacts on the way the, the game plays. Um, I like the sound of that as a bit of a history geek already. Exactly. If you are a history geek and you like this period, it's got lots of nods to it to the point where you can get victory points, you know, if you're the Americans by, uh, you know, putting the Russian player in the chest 
telling them that that's that's what that's how it's going to be if you've got control of certain things. You have, uh, for example, the China card, which is probably the most powerful card in the game. But when you play it, you have to give it to the opponent, uh, the opposite player. So China just flip flops between the two world powers throughout the war. <laughs> hmm. um, it's very thematic. It, it completely captures the the spirit of it. You're it's got a good bluffing mechanic because you'll have the focus on certain areas. So, you know, you Europe, for example, if someone can completely dominate Europe, they win the game regardless. It doesn't matter how many victory points they're on, they just win, full stop. There's lots of things like that. Um, and there's a DEFCON rating. So if you take more hostile actions towards each other, the DEFCON will go down. Um, but if it ever reaches zero, you both lose the game simultaneously. Um, lots of encapsulations of that sort of stuff. Great theme, great nods to historic references, but you're able to influence it so you're not always following because of this card mechanic where you're drawing a hand and, and using some of the cards but not necessarily using all of the cards. You're not forced to follow the prescriptive space on that. Um, so really good. The only problem you might find is I think it's quite hard to track down. I think the copy we had, we had to import it from Canada. That sounds like a challenge. Um, not super expensive, but might take a bit of time. I think it comes in, um, yeah, about about fifty, sixty quid. Um, if you are looking for a two-player game and you have a regular opponent, say if you were, I don't know, going over to Geek Manners on a regular basis to play, and you wanted to develop a game, I highly recommend this. You're going to be developing your strategies and learning the cards a bit more. It's great if you've got the same opponent over and over again and you can kind of start learning all about each other's tactics and so forth. £98.67 on Amazon. Yeah, you'll need to hunt around, unfortunately, for a copy. £34.25, but then 30 quid postage from Spain. But that might be... Yes, that's in Spanish. That could be a problem. A Spain. Yeah. It's a problem. Donde está los Twilight Struggle. Yeah, it's a text-heavy game, so you definitely want an English language copy. That sounds pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah it mm. is very cool. So what, what, what was its uh, board game geek? That's rating? my line. Yeah, you were not allowed to say it, remember? Yeah, I know. Um, 20,000 ratings, throwing it in at 8.34. Oh, it's quite high, then. It is. Blimey, that is quite high. Okay, cool. So, that was number five. It's quite good, this. I feel like being on top of the pops. Which didn't use 54321 as its theme. <laughs> it did use that. Five, it didn't use that. So, at number four, I have to admit, I haven't played any of the games on the top five. Oh. <laughs> um, but at number four, we have Dead of Winter. Dead of Winter. Da, da, da. Has anyone other than Matt played Dead of Winter? I've always no. wanted to play it or buy it, or but never really got it. Looks right. like it's good fun. Spoons, get your wallet ready. Dead of Winter is a cooperative game. Um, it is set in a Arctic zombie apocalypse. Uh, oh, I like it already. If Zombicide is, if you think of The Walking Dead, if Zombicide is like when they go out of their, wherever they're, they're camped down in the prison or whatever else they're in, or Ashbury, and try and yep. do a mission, Dead of Winter is them trying to manage that settlement. You'll take, a, you'll each have a different number of survivors you're looking after, and you're trying to move around this town and sort out problems and achieve a goal. And there's about, 
I don't know, 15, 20, maybe even more different goals um, that you can, um, you, you are set to different shifts. So lots of different variable mission controls. Uh, they have a crossroads mechanic, which they're using, I think, for a range of different games, mostly in a horror-themed game where the player to your left draws an event card, and if you right. fulfill certain... Um, uh, events that happen so if you're controlling a certain character or you move to a certain location something will then happen and you'll have to usually a choice of one or two things or an event role to test so it's kind of ca- keeps a theme constantly going so maybe the, there's someone dropping off supplies and you can try and risk going to pick up the supplies but you might get overrun by zombies while you're out there you can pick up hapless survivors or more survivors to add to your colony each survivor has a special rule that you do get just empty mouths to feed so these are the you know um Less useful, the old, the sick, the whatever else. Conrads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that don't, you can't use them actively, but they, um, you still have to try and feed them at the end of each round and you have to maintain your know, food and supplies for your colony as well as try and achieve your objectives. Once you've mastered that bit of the game, you can then kick it up to another level and give everybody a secret agenda. And that might cool. be to collect a certain number of books or cans, or you know what? Some men just want to see the world burn and they're mm-hmm. actually trying to destroy the colony or they're a death cult and they're trying to get everything going or they want to become some sort of, um, you know, uh, tyrant and they just want to have the most number of survivors at the end of the game and kill everyone else off. Don't know anyone who'd be like that. Exactly not. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a great line, though, from yeah. one of the greatest films ever. Well, if only someone would maybe cover some of the great movies that came out in the early noughties. Mm. Mm. Another plaid hat games. Another plaid well. hat games. They've actually just been sold at, uh, announced at Gen Con, but they've they've produced a range of really good games and come up quite quickly. This sounds very cool. So you say it's co op. It's co op. So what are the win conditions? There'll be a range. You, they, there's loads of different scenarios in the book, and they're all quite linked, so you actually build up a little bit of a story as you go if you play multiple ones. The mistake I've seen some people made is they immediately introduce the secret conditions which are a little bit like Battlestar Galactica's uh, personalities and I would say actually play the game just as a pure co-op and that's quite hard and then introduce them when you're feeling confident with with the way that the game plays and all the mechanics right it does sound good though Mm. it's got zombies in it what's not to love exactly and you could use your zombie side miniatures to replace the cardboard standees so it looks even cooler I've got quite a few zombie side miniatures. Mm. It's a good excuse to use them. I've got a buttload of 15 mil zombies. That'll work fine too. Excellent. Right then. What's a board game geek say, Matt? You're not allowed to say that, so (laughs) say bye-bye, Conrad. Bye-bye, Matt. Anyway... Nearly 9,000 ratings, 8.07. Oh, no. What happened then? I went to hang up Conrad and... Hang up everybody. Hung up everyone up. <laughs> oh. oh, now Conrad's not come back. Oh. Oh, Conrad, I'm sorry. Conrad. Oh, I've broken it. Let's uh, see. He hates me now. <laughs> He'll change his will and I won't get his stuff.
It will. I'm sorry, Conrad. You've been a very naughty boy again, haven't you? <laughs> I'm sorry. You managed to hang up on everybody, though. Don't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> that backfired, that one, then, didn't it? <laughs> I'm a buffoon listener. <laughs> Have you? Has it? Is it still recording, or has, has it stopped because you're a buffoon? No, it's still recording. Uh, excellent. <laughs> what number are we on? Uh, I think we just did Dead of Winter, haven't we? We, we did. Started, so we're on yeah. number. Oh, we, were, we were just doing the eight thousand eight point seven. It was zero seven or something. It was rating, indeed. Which is quite I'm just going to be quiet now. <laughs> so Dominion at number three. Young Dominion. Yes. Have you deck played build- this one? Yeah. Dominion is where the deck building mechanic that's become really popular came in. Um, I try and describe the theme, but it's pretty thin. In short, you're meant to be trying to build up some sort of fantasy kingdom. And you do it by drafting cards from the center of the table. So you'll draw a hand of cards, and that will give you a certain amount of actions and a certain amount of... Um, coins which you can buy it and you can either buy victory points which clog up your deck or or action cards that will generate more money or give you better things that you can do in your turn and essentially you customize your deck as you play so you start with a small deck and it grows as, as you go um it is a great mechanics game it introduced a whole lot of ideas it's still a very solid game when it's out there there are a lot of other really good deck building games out there now, which I think probably do a better job and have a much better theme. Things like Core Worlds, Marvel Legendary, uh, the deck building game. Or in fact, if you're a big fan of these movies like I am, there is now the Legendary Encounter series, which has got Aliens and Predator as the theme, which are awesome. Cool. Um, so, yeah. It, definitely deserves its place because it again it's a gateway game it's very simple to get into you can teach some of the rules in about two minutes you know give them the deck and tell them how to start but uh there are probably better deck building games out there i imagine it will have quite a good rating on board game geek though um only 7.77 based on just shy of forty-five thousand ratings so they probably agree with you in the fact that there are other things that are better Yes. Okay. Well, what's next? I'm being. You, I'm, I was being quiet, but I can't be quiet for that long. No, no you did so. quite well. You did very well. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at number two is Game of Thrones. You know nothing, Mike Marshall. Winter um, is coming, you know. <laughs> it's just another one that only I've played. Yeah, Probably. <laughs> I've not even I've not even watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. I've watched the first episode and I went, I don't like it. It's not as good as the books, and I didn't watch it anymore. Okay. I've read the first book and watched the first series, and that's as far as I've got. I certainly this... haven't played the book oh, game. Hold on a second, chaps. Has he passed out? Who knows? I think he's just shat himself. If he wasn't talking for such a long period of time, it all came squirting out of his bottom rather than his mouth. If he uh, if he's passed out, he's going to fill his hard disk up if he keeps it on record. <laughs> hard <laughs> disk. D- disk. <laughs> it's, it's like it's dicks, but with the words jumbled up, uh, the letters jumbled up. I've uh, looked at that orphan black thing. I think I might be uh, trying to watch the first two seasons of that at some point. Yeah, do I'm it. back now. 
Yeah, just I don't know if we're still on, but the idea of a, a Frostgrove campaign, guys, that or a campaign day, that sounds pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right? Did you wipe, Mike? <laughs> Wasn't that? Um, so yeah, so you well, Game of Thrones. Only Matt's played it. Uh, so based actually on the books, Mike, you'll be glad to know. Correct. Uh, came out before that and has, has had a reprint. How to best describe it? It is. Uh, risk merged with diplomacy. Uh, fantastic mechanics, great sort of territory control game. The reality is, is that it's got a really lovely um, combat system, which has got very little randomness to do. You, you play a house card, which is essentially one of the named characters. So if you're the Starks, your house cards will be like Eddard, Rob, John. Characters. Um, but then... it's, uh, Matt, Matt, it's Game of Thrones. Okay. So all you need to all you need to know, all you need John to know Bean's going to gonna die. No, no. Everyone, everyone's gonna Everybody's die. Everyone's gonna die. Um, <laughs> but it's um, it, so it's a territory control kind of war game. Um, but there's a lot of bidding of power and a lot of interaction between the players. You, the way the, the mechanics work is that you're just not going to be able to take on everybody. So you're going to have to make alliances, and there are actions which allow you to support with your army to battles that are happening in adjacent regions. So you can put a support token down and and say, Mike, I'm going to support you if you go and fight Conrad. Absolutely. Then it comes to the resolution. You go, actually, I'm switching sides. Conrad, I'm on your side. We're going to do in Mike. And you uh, can quickly do that. So so that's got similar mechanics to the Spartacus board game. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a lot of uh, no commitment to anything. You can say anything you want and then do what you need to do. Lots of backstabbing and betrayal, which is inevitable. Um, it's got a fixed turn limit and a victory condition, so it's not going to roll on for six hours like some game of risk, or you'll be done in two or three hours, basically, once you've got the grip of the rules. Um, it, its order mechanic system reminds me of the first version I played of Epic, which was Space Marine. Um, do you remember when you used to put down counters to order your different... Oh, yes. I loved that. Um, and you, it, it's similar. You put counters face down in each of your command areas, and that's what you can do. But you've only got two or three of each order. So if you're really spread out, you know, a little bit like, you know, as you can imagine, you're overextended and you can't really place all the, the counters and do what you need to do in the right spaces. Brilliant. Um, brilliant war game. Really worth checking out. So recommended then absolutely if you're looking for if you're someone who enjoyed access and allies risk uh you know and you're looking for kind of what's the next evolution of those kind of games and you know you've seen all these good mechanics in other games mm-hmm. um, wondering how they've improved over the years from when you were playing those games game of thrones is a great place to start fantastic cool. Uh, first edition, 7.35. The second edition, obviously, sort of post-TV series that came out in 2011, rates slightly higher at 7.81, but then that's got nearly another 4,000 um, votes on it. So, um, again, obviously has a big <laughs> geeky following. Um, um, are there boobies in the game? There are, sadly, a lack of boobies. Because that's rubbish, then. Um what can I do? I'm sorry. See that was see that was good. That was what was good about Spartacus. It, true. You had your pleasure girls, and you could exhaust your pleasure girls for extra gold. You could, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Sounds like my life. <laughs> what? You're a slave. Yeah. Exhausted for people's extra gold. Yeah, I'm a slave to the rhythm. Oh, see, I was going to go slave to the grind. Uh, 
Uh, well, you would have been me. wrong, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. I would, but, I, but given Spoons' love of hair metal, I was, that's why I was going there. Mm. But there you go. There we go. Um, so, number one. Hair metal. Finally, number one. Number one. Guardians, number one is Carcassonne. Carcassonne, indeed, yeah. Carcassonne. It's a tile, it's a farming game. Sort of. Who <laughs> are? I've seen it. I've seen it played. I've never played it. It's French, yeah, likewise. So Spoons will North. obviously be all over that. Tra- French. <laughs> Do they surrender very quickly and then just be bitter about it for the rest of the game? <laughs> no comments. <laughs> um, it. The views of Matt Speeder are not necessarily the views of Fools Daily or any of its regular participants, other than Matt Speeder. <laughs> Matt Speeder. Carcassonne is uh, another gateway game. It's up there with Settlers of Catan um, in terms of those games that kind of brought um, board gaming forward. Uh, it's a very simple mechanic. You draw a tile, place it, and then place what's called a meeple. They, in fact, uh, turn the meeple kind of term, which is a wooden figure that looks like a little man. Where that space is is where you're going to score victory points at the end of the game, uh, and you build up the kind of the, the countryside as you go, uh, placing your victory point scorers. And the idea is that you've you know, built the longest road, have the biggest field, control the biggest city, and that scores you more victory points at the end of the game. Um, there are a load of digital implementations which don't cost very much. If you want to try it out, you, I've got. The Xbox version, I think, which can teach you the game very quickly and gives you a, a good understanding of whether it is really popular with families and gateways. Um, there's about a billion different versions of it out mm. there. Um, I've only played the base game. Um, I don't love it, but it is a good game. Fantastic. I've mm. played it, and I've only got the iOS version. I, it, I think it dropped into the Settlers of Catan yeah, okay. absolutely, kind of, yeah. Kind of bore, gets boring, whereas I think I enjoy Ticket to Ride more, um, something like Ticket to Ride more, because yep. it's just more fun, it seems more fun. Mm. It's also a relatively tactile game with simple graphic design, so it's good for younger players. Mm. Mm. 52,000 votes for a 7.44 average rating. Not bad for a game made by cheese-eating surrender monkeys, I suppose. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a lot I can say to that. No. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the Guardian countdown. I don't think it's actually an ordered countdown. I think it's just mm. like, here's, t- here's 20 yeah. games you might not have heard of. Yeah. But, I mean, as you can, as you can tell from the last episodes there's a lot of games on that list that a lot of us haven't played matt's obviously played the most but there's plenty of games out there i mean there are other games matt that you would put on the list that you've played yeah you oh, you're a genius oh, why that's exactly what i was just going to say have we each got a game that we think should be on that matt, matt just before you go on did you do the board game geek um because It'd be interesting to see, because I think that is number one on the Guardian list, just to see what the rating was compared to I the others. I did others. just do that. Oh, you did not... you? I missed it. Yes. Yeah, and I can't, hang up. I can't hang up on you on the fear of that. I'll just hang up everybody. <laughs> 7.44. Obviously, there are, as Matt quite said, a million different varieties. Yeah. I mean, the 
10-year special edition rates slightly higher, but they're all kind of in the mid-sevens, really, mid to higher sevens. Um, but, I can give you my yeah. favourite board game at the moment. What's sure. that, Conrad? It's Smash Up. I love it. Oh, what a choice. Smash Up is a absolutely brilliant, fun game. All right. So what I'm going to do... Because then we'll have a full week of episodes. <laughs> We're going to record it. We'll we'll stop now and we'll record another episode where we each get to throw one in. Okay. Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. See. <laughs> right. So until tomorrow. I've been um, Matt. I've been Conrad. I've, uh, I've been Spoons. And I've been in despair. Until then. Bye bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. 